Hey there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Nathan Fox. With me is Sarah Kamuni. Sarah is an LSAT Demon teacher. She's uh, a Harvard 1L. How you doing, Sarah? I'm I'm doing. No, I'm I'm doing well, thanks. It's uh, coming up to the end of our second semester of law school and I'm still here and that's all I can really ask for. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing great. Um, we were catching up just a little bit before we started recording, and you you said things like the one L year. You said it it felt like it was, or the first semester anyway. You said it felt like it was a hazing ritual, and you said you felt like you were inside a blender. Why don't you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think I think what I was trying to express is that it is a lot of work all the time, and it really, really feels like a test of your, of how much you want to be there, to be honest. Um, so definitely not a decision to be undertaken lightly. Um, I can still say at this point that I'm enjoying myself and I'm really happy with my experience so far and I don't have regrets, but I think my work-life balance has regrets on my behalf because it's been, it's, man, I don't even know if I've ever worked this hard ever for any reason, like not in a full-time job, like not in any other context where you're just constantly having to operate at such a high level all the time um, can be very challenging. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you have to take it as you have to take the words as seriously as you take them on the LSAT, which is like the really the almost the only lesson of the LSAT is read it carefully and understand what it says. You have to like really understand these words. You have to read them and figure out what they mean. Law school is like that. And you're learning all this weird arcane legal mumbo jumbo that has evolved over hundreds of years that may or may not make any sense in and of itself. And you... (laughs) are expected to understand it and memorize it? Uh, Yes. I think between personal jurisdiction and the rule of perpetuities, (laughs) those are two memorable um, low points for me. And on your point about the careful reading, there was one point last semester in our criminal law class. And to quote my professor directly, she said, the best reader wins, right? I think we were talking about like statutory interpretation or something. And I was like, man, I wish Nathan was here to hear this. But yeah, it's, um, I will say that sufficient and necessary comes up quite a lot. Oh, all the time. I like constantly you would see just court opinions where the judge, whoever was writing the opinion is like confusing sufficient for necessary or calling someone else out for confusing sufficient for necessary. It's just like a super common yeah, there was um when we were I think last again last semester in torts talking about I wish I could remember exactly, but talking specifically about causation, like multiple sufficient conditions was a theory that came up. And this professor had like a whole slide trying like trying to really hammer this like necessary versus sufficient thing. And I was thinking, wow, the LSAT has come has actually saved me to some extent because I think I know what's going on. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they 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 have a fetish. The LSAT has a fetish for sufficient and necessary conditions for a reason, which is you have to understand that shit. You are. It's like you you end up with really dumb decisions if you don't understand the difference between the two. Praise a demon. Because wow. I would have been lost otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so. um Okay, so you're a Harvard 1L. You are still uh, a tutor for us. How's the tutoring going? 
It's been really, really good. I really love working with tutoring students and getting to kind of see their progress sometimes over, you know, the course of several months. Um, it's definitely, I think, changed in terms of, I find myself using like very law school words all the time. Like today in a tutoring session, I'm pretty sure I said that something wasn't dispositive. And then as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, I hate myself. Like, why did I pick up this vocabulary? But no, it's been really fun. And um, it's also, <laughs> this sounds really strange, but it's almost been even though the LSAT is completely grounded in law school stuff, like have, getting to hang out with somebody who isn't going to want to talk about like civil procedure or whatever is going on <laughs> in school that week has actually been really nice. Um, and it kind of reminds me of like the exciting kind of build up to going to law school. And yeah, so it's been good. It's definitely been, I think it's a great gig to have on the side of law school because it's, it's fun. Like I really enjoy doing it. I get to meet really, really cool people as in our students along the way. So as law school yeah. jobs go, I can't complain. <laughs> That's amazing. What are you doing this summer? This summer I'm working at a, a asylum seeker advocacy nonprofit that has like an alternative legal services model where it's fully remote and they have like a membership base of asylum seekers, like 250,000 asylum seekers are members of this organization and by becoming members, they get to kind of direct as a community, the um, impact litigation that the organization pursues and also get access to um, all types of pro se resources and like high quality information about the asylum process, which is often like really hard to come by. So I'm wow. really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, that seems great. Um, do you have an idea what you're gonna do the summer after or is it too soon to start talking about that? too soon to start talking about that like at the end of this summer we have the opportunity to participate in like the early interview program for different firms but haven't decided if I want to do that yet I'm not really sure because I'm like very I went into this kind of public interest oriented so we'll see what happens but have you already been scared away from public interest are you already converted into the big law no, I think we we there's a there's a community of us on campus who are like really really trying to resist that. Um, there's been some amazing organizing on campus recently to increase the summer funding for public interest students at HLS. So that's been really exciting and really encouraging. Um, it is definitely the path of least resistance, and for some people, it's definitely what it's it's a hundred percent what they want to do, and it is a lot of money, but. I don't know, a hundred hours a week. I don't know if I can do that. Um, so I wouldn't say, I think there was a moment last semester where I, that kind of seemed like it would be, it might be my path, but I have kind of like-minded public interest folks around me. And I think one of the great things about our school is that, you know, there's a, there's a decent amount of public interest support there. Um, yeah, I, I think like opportunities to do the type of work that I, went to law school to do is still going to be available to me. Um, the financial part is kind of hard, but we'll, I guess we'll watch this space. I'm, I'm, if I can avoid going into big law, I will, I will try and avoid that as much as I can. You, you qualify, if you do end up working in public interest, you're going to qualify for whatever Harvard's assistance yeah, programs a, are for that. There's a loan repayment program um, that is actually I think one of the the better among like peer schools. So that's something to think about as well. I just, the reason I'm being all kind of like blah about it is because honestly, 
but among all the law school stuff, not a lot of time to really think through um, the exact contours of what the next couple of years are going to look like and all of those types of things. But yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, um, I, I was going to say you have a lot of time to figure it out, but you and I both know that that's not really that true because <laughs> it, it everything sneaks up on you i will say that time seems to go really like much faster in law school i don't really know why oh, but yeah. i'm shocked that it's april yeah part of that's just getting older too i mean i've noticed just the older i've gotten the, the faster time seems to go but law school certainly will do that to you when you're busy uh, time is going to be flying wow um okay well Big news uh, last couple weeks has been U.S. News, oh my God, released their new uh, rankings and Harvard for the first time that I can remember is no longer ranked in the top three of U.S. News and World Report. Of course, it's now number four uh, in the law school <laughs> rankings with Chicago jumping up and taking uh, a spot inside the top three. What's the word on Harvard Law School campus about that? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing to say is there isn't really. I haven't really. I think the only reason I know about this is because I'm embedded in like the LSAT prep universe to some mm. extent. Um, I hadn't, I found out about it from Matt, basically. Like when he posted in our, in our Demon Tutors right. Slack channel, I hadn't heard about it and I haven't really heard anybody talking about it. So I'm guessing the there's probably more chit chats in the admissions side of things. But I mean, from, I think I can't speak for the entire student body, but I think my take on it is I'm still at school having the experience that I want to be having. I'm, you know, I'm not particularly worried about it. I'm, if there are, if there are, you know, substantive, <laughs> I'm using another law school boy, but if there's like, you know, real concrete reasons why they, why, they slipped in the rankings and there's, you know, things that the HLS administration can do to, you know, improve students' experience, then I hope they do those things. But overall, it's really, I don't think it's really um, had too much of an effect on anybody at school. Like, I, I don't think anybody's sitting thinking, oh God, I'm not going to get the job that I want anymore. Or, you know, my, my resume isn't going to have the same impact as I thought it was going to have, those types of things. I, I'm... I really don't think that's on anybody's mind, to be honest. And, you know, all the schools around it are incredible schools. I think everyone is always going to be, there's always going to be some, you know, maybe someone goes up one, maybe someone goes down one. I don't know that it really means too much, to be honest. Yeah. You're still at Harvard actual law school. I mean, whatever U.S. News ranks you, you're still at Harvard law school. Yeah, and it's like... A, I think that that, I mean, especially, you know, coming from the UK, like I think there's international recognition with our law school that isn't necessarily there with other law schools. So in terms of the international students that we have on campus, I don't think much changes in that respect. And I think like fundamentally, like I chose to go to Harvard firstly, because I mean, yes, it's, it's Harvard Law School, but also because there were specific experiences that I wanted to have, specific professors that I wanted to work with, things like that. And I'm having those experiences. Like what I wanted is come yeah. to fruition. And yeah, I don't think I, I'm not personally losing sleep over swapping places in the rankings <laughs> with Chicago, but, and yeah. I really don't think anyone else is. 
You don't know anybody who like turned down Chicago to go to Harvard and now they're super pissed off about it? No, no. I, I literally, I think, I, I don't think I've heard anybody talking about it at all. At least in my section, right? Because we're broken up into sections or maybe I'm just not getting the the full picture here but as far as i'm aware like in our section we all have a really good time and we all we all really like it and we all have a great time learning with each other and yeah i i know people who did interview at chicago but i don't think there's any like oh god i picked the wrong school type situation yeah well you guys are smart enough to know that the rankings do come out every single year and they always change every single year. It's like they have to make some changes in the rankings in order to get people to talk about the rankings almost. And so, you know, the fact that they switched this year, they could easily switch back next year anyway. So what does it all mean? Um, Probably nothing. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't totally know the exact criteria that they're using, but Exactly as you say, like if the rankings just stuck the same all the time, maybe people would stop paying attention to them. I don't know if it's so they have to make themselves relevant. I have no idea. But I think fundamentally, I would be encouraging people who are listening to this podcast, not just to select their law school based on, you know, what they think the its prestige is or whatever, like fit, I think is really, really important with with a law school. And I know that, for example, like if I hadn't had some of the experiential opportunities that I've had in my first year at HLS, like doing Harvard Defenders is like an on-campus student practice organization um, where we do like public defense work, as the name might suggest. And that's something that is pretty unique. And I've been able to work with really, really great, intelligent, like-minded students. And when I think about that type of experience, like it that's the type of thing that you should be thinking about when you pick a law school. Like, where am I going to be happy? Where am I going to do work that I want to do? Where am I going to learn things that I want to learn? Um, as opposed to, man, I really like the look of this school, but like this one is a few things higher up in the rankings. So I'm just going to go to that because I think it's what I should be doing. I mean, like it's maybe giving blanket advice like that isn't a good idea, but I would stress that fit is, you know, definitely something that people should be thinking about as well as just these, this like numbers game situation. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, really appreciate that. What's your, uh, so let's see, it's uh, Sunday approaching six o'clock in the evening. Uh, how many hours of studying do you have left ahead of you tonight? Oh, well, you caught me on a fantastic day because I've actually been doing research assistance for a professor and I'm going to be spending, after I finish my con law reading, constitutional law reading, which maybe like an hour or so, um, I'm going to be working on a bunch of blue book citations. So I'm really excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're doing tonight. That's, that's my um, evening plans. Um, wow. yeah, like, like I was saying before, when we were catching up law school, not consistent with friendships, fun, all those things. I'm kind of joking and I have been lucky to meet really, really cool people at law school and we do have a lot of fun, but yeah, a lot of work. There's always something to be doing. It just never stops. All right. I will let you go. Thanks for coming on the show. Email daily at lsatdemon.com if you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks for listening.